And sabaho, sabaho, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hope you guys are doing great. It is Saturday morning with tech. Um, today is the 18th of September. We are officially halfway or over the halfway mark of the uh, the month of September. And in, um, it is actually, well, it has been a little bit of a busy week. Of course, notifications, I got to turn those off. Uh, not turn them off, off, but you know, like essentially just don't have them in the middle of the show, which typically isn't what I end up having all the time. Uh, Mark saying sabaho. Good morning, uh, Mark. Sabaho. Um, it's been a busy week. It's been a very busy week, uh, actually, when it comes to tech, specifically because, well, iPhones were announced. So the iPhone series of 13, well, the, the series, there's iPhone 13, 13 Pro, 13 Pro Max, and then there's obviously the iPhone mini. Um, I call it uh, the baby of all the iPhones. Obviously, they needed to upgrade them. And it seems like Apple is going to basically double down on the series now. So every year now, we're going to be getting four versions of the iPhone, covering a spectrum from small form factor uh, to regular size to Pro. And of course, the Pro Max, which essentially is the best of the best and also the largest of the phones. Um, I see Chemi's in the chat. I see uh, Ibrahim is in there. ER 1980. Hey, man. Sabah, man. Hope you're doing well. Greg is in there as well. Hope you guys are doing great. Um, we're back in... in one thing I'll, I'll say this, I was very much surprised uh, yesterday at, that um, I got this in the mail. So the if you guys probably caught this a little bit earlier, about a month or so ago, um, I did a video where I did a, quite a couple of videos on uh, the Snapdragon Insiders phone. So this is a phone that was made by Asus with Qualcomm Essence, the best way to say it. It, it focuses and it basically just lives to be the best that Qualcomm has to offer. It even has that nice little shiny logo Qualcomm on the back that I have it right now breathing. Hold on, I don't want to have it to this way. So it, it very much is a Snapdragon or a Qualcomm phone. Um, runs some of the latest specifications, but the main thing that it did was the fact that it actually supported Snapdragon sound. So what this guy is, these are a pair of Bear Dynamics um, earbuds that were... So the original pair that I received with the phone, unfortunately, did not go all the way up to 2496 kilohertz. Uh, the best solution or the best solution that we were able to get at the time was 24 at 48, which is typical to what we see from a lot of the high end earbuds that we see on the market. But I'll just say this 2496 kilohertz when you're listening to mastered audio just without having to use a DAC, by the way, and being on a wireless solution is absolutely fantastic. So I want to talk about that. Um, Oh, yeah, Dominic Wan's in there, honey. You know what? I forgot to actually set up. Um, a <laughs> so I usually have the display here set up correctly so that I can actually read the comments for you guys. And I am not. Um, I had some technical problems this morning. This morning was definitely one of those uh, you wake up in the morning and things just did not want to work. Um, I started off by um, one of the arms on my gaming chair falling off because <laughs> the screws in there broke. And then luckily I was able to salvage some uh, pieces from another pe from another chair that's in the house. And now I actually fixed my chair, but I still need to fix that one. So that was the start. Um, there was also, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of things. Uh, does the Snapdragon sound buds include Aptex uh, lossless? So yeah, uh, so the, the resolution or the, the codex that you get here, so I actually want to show this to you guys. Uh, this is something that you probably will not see on any other headsets right now. I think unless the device supports it, uh, let's go into developer option. Nope, wrong section, developer option. And I, I sent this, uh, I sent a tweet yesterday over to uh, Juan Carlos, just wanted to show him uh, where are we? Where? Do, 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 do. Okay, I don't know why, but did I skip Bluetooth section? Where are we? Here we are. No, no, not this one. Animation, app text. Oh, you know what? Here, let's connect them. And I think that's probably why it's not showing up. So we'll give it a second to connect the bare dynamic headbuds, earbuds. So um, 
Okay, 24 and let's do, I wanna I want show you guys exactly why I'm so excited about this. It's, it's specifically because of this uh, specific feature. So if you're listening to mastered audio, it doesn't matter what track you're listening. So like something like this, where it shows mastered on the top right there. And uh, you jump into the developer settings and you can actually see exactly what the audio uh, representation is. You can actually see it right there. So we're looking at Qualcomm Aptex Adaptive Audio with 96 kilohertz, 24-bit processing, stereo, and depending on the quality that you're listening to, it's probably going to be LDAC or FLAC. So to me, these are that's the that's the embodiment of the audio experience that I want to see moving. Um, the having wired solutions is always going to be obviously the best solution. I'll say this: the Volt. Uh, the, uh, the Helm Bolt is definitely by far uh, way more capable of shooting over uh, 96 kilohertz. But I'm talking about just a wireless solution, something that we can take in our pocket, small enough, uh, that has great um, you know, noise cancellation and, of course, the ability of listening to audio at a much higher resolution. So true improvement in the, in, in the audio uh, realm when it comes to wireless. All the companies are moving into wireless and they all want us to use wireless solutions. They're not including adapters anymore. We don't have headphone jacks on phones anymore. So the fact of the matter is whatever we can use to get the best experience is always going to be the best. So that's one of the main reasons this phone was very appealing to me was the fact that it did support Qualcomm Sound and the ability of uh, supporting basically um, the highest quality or highest resolution audio we can get on wireless buds to date. So hopefully we keep going further uh, in there. Uh, I see Joseph doing, uh, jumped in. Hey, TK, just popping in quickly. Uh, I'm really, it's a really rough day, so sadly I won't be able to stay. I'm sorry, man. I do apologize. Uh, I hope, well, I do hope that you're actually, uh, things do get better. Uh, Purposely Pixel, uh, <laughs> hanging out as as usual, cool people. Purposely Pixel, that's a new, uh, this is a new channel that uh, Joe's working with. Uh, and of course, hashtag TKRBay. Thank you, man. Uh, appreciate it. Um, Omar Omar saying, hi, hey, bro, from India, um, off topic, what will be the best case for the Fold? So I think right now, my, uh, it's weird. Uh, but for me, my experience, it's going to be one of these guys, the Spigen, uh, basically the tough armor one, um, the Slim Armor Pro, actually, I'll say that the Slim Armor Pro is my favorite, because it covers everything. And it provides that nice little shell. And I don't know where my Fold is it's sitting somewhere, probably behind me. I have a lot of phones on the desk today. So I didn't put the Fold in there. But that would be probably one of the uh, one of the better options in there. Um, Dom, Dominic Wan's in there as well. Hey man, good morning. Uh, hope everybody's doing great. Um, yeah, we're 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 getting into a point where we are like I mean seriously, we're we're getting into the point where summer's pretty much over. This is literally like the last weekend of the summer season. Um, Monday, Tuesday is going to be Mid Autumn Festival. If you guys celebrate it, hope you guys enjoy it. Um, uh, I know at least here in my family we do, so that's one of the reasons why we're looking forward to it. We got all the mooncakes, mooncakes we can eat. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I always, always appreciate uh, everybody else's support. So uh, what I do have on my table right now, and what I did put in the thumbnail, is a whole bunch of things. So these are obviously the dummies or the models that were sent to me by Subcase for the video that I put out yesterday, um, and. It is surprising that basically, you know, uh, how accurate these um, these models were. I keep calling them dummies, but they're literally just models. Uh, and then, of course, we have the Mi 11 and the Mi, no, the Mi 11T and the Mi 11 Lite. Uh, the Mi 11 Lite will have a video. Hopefully, we'll put that out for you guys next week. Um, and then, of course, 
where is your you know it's still on the way hans uh so hans is asking is tk where is the your uh, your xperia on mark three uh, i'm still waiting i think i i probably pulled the trigger on it a little bit later and it just depends on the uh the stack where you guys are getting it i think the initial batch started showing up at the end of uh august and then there are still some of them coming in so hopefully within a week or so um, i need to double check and see where mine's is um <laughs> will, uh you will come to love oh mark uh so it's been a while since I've been back to Lebanon. Actually, surprisingly, the last time I traveled to Lebanon was um, the year September 11 kind of happened. So that was roughly early in that year during the summer is when we went back to, to visit the family. I haven't been back since. Uh, I do have some family there, but uh, it's been it's been a minute. I know that if I go back, once, once I do go back, obviously everything's going to be different. Again, everything is different with everything that changed um, overall, especially within the last few few months and the last few years as well. Um, okay, here this is going. So uh, Abdelli is asking this: uh, Sabaho Bro, a hey, uh, what do you think about the next generation of SOCs um, and the battle between uh, and battle of graphics as well, specifically the upcoming Samsung Exynos with AMD? So. The approach to what we're looking at right now with, with technology, with the SOCs, they're starting to leverage NVIDIA and AMD. They want to basically go where the graphics, where the performers or the, the main performers on the desktop experience. So they're known, right? AMD is known for their graphics card as well as their SOCs. And of course, NVIDIA is also known for their uh, graphics card. And we know NVIDIA collaborates with Intel. A lot of the Intel laptops do use uh, NVIDIA graphics. Uh, we know that NVIDIA actually did create some Android uh, tablets and, uh, and different hardware. Uh, they're supporting currently their NVIDIA Shield running Android TV. There's a lot of different uh, presence there. I think Samsung's leveraging AMD for their graphics. Uh, my hope essentially is that they fix their main issue, which is their internal uh, temperature controls that's going on with the SOC. So the Exynos has been known, at least for the last generation, to run warm. And it's not when it's running uh, basically you know, just taking pictures. I'm talking about you know, just overall performance. The hope is obviously AMD can bring in some optimizations that can help them uh, reduce the temperatures when gaming or when using the phone and when you're trying to basically run the ISP on the phone, uh, on the SOC. So I'm hoping that that's going to be the direction that they go with. And bringing AMD to the game can only be best uh, described as lately they can't they can't go wrong. They, they cannot go wrong. Um, the only reason why I'm not using AMD GPUs for my system at home is because of what I've used for the longest time, which was Adobe Premiere. And Adobe Premiere loves NVIDIA. So for me, I've stayed team NVIDIA for the long time. And I, and I appreciate NVIDIA makes great uh, GPUs. Um, there is another video I need to put out uh, regarding uh, a budget build for video editing, uh, running like the NVIDIA, the RTX 3070, which I feel like is a really good uh, budget smart uh, sorry, GPU that you could use. Um, what I would probably say is this. AMD coming into the fold, I think, is a great opportunity for Samsung to, to, to ramp up their experience. They've worked with Google on uh, Whitechapel, so now this is the time for them to fix the Exynos so that it becomes more competitive because there's now more competition for them. Before, it was just pretty much Qualcomm, Exynos, and MediaTek, and now we have Whitechapel. So again, one of those things we kind of need to look into it. And I, okay. <laughs> um, all that tech, uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, very, very much for the super chat. Uh, knocking it out of the park, everybody, please thank you. Thank him uh, for me. Um, always, always, like, seriously, man. Uh, I cannot say enough good, like, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and it is very nice to have you on, on the show as well. Hope you're doing well. I'm hoping you're doing great this week. 
Uh, it's been getting, like I said, it's been getting busy this week. It's been getting busy for a lot of people, but appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the support. Appreciate having you here on the show. Of course, hanging out with us. I see Russ is in the chat as well. Um, oh, uh, jumping in, um, TK, I think, uh, macro on iPhones can be the, uh, can be a big or small deal depending on how people use it. Uh, does all iPhone 13 series have macro lenses? I think they only said, if I'm not mistaken, that this is going to be, uh, running on the pro side. So there, I can double check that real quick, but it overall, so here's the thing. Macro lenses on Android devices have been somewhat of a, a mixed experience, right? You have companies that use telemacro lenses and there are companies that use macro lenses. And then there's other companies that like to use the ultra wide to generate macro experience. Because in theory, you can, when it's wide enough, you're able, your focusing distance becomes much closer. Um, that was the biggest issue that iPhone, or I think the iPhone 12 was having, the focusing distance on them. So there was a lot of people that weren't happy with it. And now moving over to the 13, by adding that macro could have fixed the problem for them. And for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I actually want to take that back. I think the macro is present on all of them. I think the Pro and the Pro Max have a better main sensor and a better ultra-wide, but not the macro. So we'll, I'll have to double-check that in there. Uh, but still, I, I want to say thank you again, all that tech. I appreciate it, man. I really, really appreciate having you on the hanging out with us on this Saturday. Um, their, their CPUs, yeah, uh, AMD CPUs, absolutely. I'm running the 5950X. And that was an upgrade from a 3900X. And this is like light years ad advancement in the technology. And it's weird, but I've been team AMD on the CPU side for almost six, seven years now, ever since the, six, uh, the 1800X came out. And I've never looked back. So it's just literally keep going and going. Um, even Omar's PC that we built up as a separate PC is also running the 30. Uh, I kept, I gave him the 3900X and I took over on the 5950. So it's definitely one of those where you appreciate the horsepower and the efficiency, but also the price point. They are very much competitive on the price per feature. So you're not only having to save money because you're not having to pay so much more with Intel, but now also you have the ability of getting even outperformance, uh, better performance in more in more scenarios than 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 you actually really know. It's okay. It actually runs so nice. Uh, gaming, doing everything. I think AMD is for sure the, the right team to go with. Um, it looks like Google's new chip uh, will be very similar to the Exynos. So the main thing is it's because of the players, right? We have Samsung and Google working on this. So there's obviously going to be Team Samsung incorporating some, some you know, designs and, of course, aesthetics. And hopefully... My goal is that they didn't really just follow Exynos entirely. Tensor, so intention, so I'll say this. Some of the benchmarks that I've seen or the information that we've seen, I think there was an article that was posted by Michelle over on the XDA portal. They talked about something, a benchmark that they saw of Tensor and they thought that the numbers weren't real and that there were some issues there because of the uh, the numbers were just not running very good. It could also be that they they attributed that one mostly specific because the benchmarking tool was probably not stressing the right cores since it's going to be running two primes. Uh, so the main thing that we're looking at, or at least that's what it's supposed to, um, I think Tensor or I think Whitechapel is definitely going to supersede uh, Exynos. I think because of the fact that Google's using it, more people are going to see it. Also, Google typically doesn't change the SOC by market where Samsung does. So in the US, we still get the Qualcomm chipsets. We never really have an interaction with the Exynos. Europe, Middle East, uh, something, some parts of Asia as well do end up getting the Exynos. I think, um, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken, Korea gets Qualcomm as well. And I want to say India gets um, Qualcomm as well. I'm not sure. You guys can correct me in the comments. Um, I think we're still going to be better in going over on the Tensor side than it is with Exynos in the next generation, mostly because 
but keep in mind, Samsung's been working with Google about as long as as they've taken to bring bring in their new SOC. So, I think overall, everybody's going to be focusing on on Qualcomm. Sorry, on the Tensor chip with Google, and we'll have to see what AMD does. Uh, be able to basically optimize um, over the performance on the Exynos for for Qualcomm for Samsung in the European markets. So it's it's one of those. It's hard to tell right now. It's almost like you know reading tea leaves. Um, I know at least MediaTek is not letting anybody just think that they're sitting in. They're literally outperforming the 1200 or the Dimensity 1200 has received um, not only uh, great, uh, you know, a lot of people received it very well, but also there's been generational differences. Uh, the 11T from uh, from Xiaomi released with the 1200 Ultra uh, from uh, MediaTek, where uh, if we remember that the uh, Nord 2 was released with the 1200 AI. So there seems to be a collaboration between companies and MediaTek to make custom chips or at least custom flavors of a media, uh, the Dimensity 1200. So not surprised that next year is going to be a very, very competitive when it comes down to uh, sheer horsepower, graphic performance, uh, but also thermals. That's going to be the biggest thing that I think Qualcomm needs to come back from. The ability of reducing the temperature uh, performance that we get with the 888 and the 888 Plus, and then so that it doesn't become uh, where it's you know falling into what Samsung was going into for the longest time. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, I think I'm, I may be a little bit late. Uh, so for Omar saying is thank God the uh, the, the the fold has the 888. So um, for reference, just to let you know, uh, Omar uh, is uh, Samsung for some reason on the folds, the flip and the fold does not change the SOC. Um, I think what they do essentially is on all of the other series of smartphones, they'll release them in different chips. But for the fold, because they generally it's like one SKU, but it gen like in the past they used to have just like a, a special version for China, the 512 gigs of internal storage. But now everybody gets that. So for the most part, they use the same chip. So that's the nice thing about the folds. Uh, you don't have to worry about which one, which ones are going to be in your phone. Um, we'll be behind the Snapdragon in terms of performance. Um, so Han, I, I think it, to a certain point, I have to I have to give kudos to Qualcomm. They truly keep working at it. They never forgot where they are or who they are. They always work at moving forward and keep pushing that envelope to the next level. And this is a weird conversation because every time you go to a summit or you hear about it, um, you know, and this is, you just always, you know, they set the tone. Nobody is caught up to them. And most people are, for, for the most part, are trying to catch up. So for that reason, that's why they're in a certain way in a very unique position to be, even though they have competitors they're not forgetting where they are. And I think as long as they keep on that path, Qualcomm will always have the lead in what we talk about when it comes down to mobile. Now, does Tensor have the ability of or basically shaking that experience? It's going to be interesting. It, right now, it's mostly, mostly going to be on Pixel devices. So we don't know if Google's going to start licensing the SOC for other devices. This could be just like... Um, it could be just like a Samsung thing, right? Samsung doesn't license Exynos somewhere else. They only use it on their phones. So it, that experience is also going to be interesting because Tensor doesn't sell in all the markets uh, and Exynos doesn't sell in all the markets. So this is going to be very, like I said, Qualcomm covers the entire globe. Uh, that was one of the reasons why I really like this phone as well. They actually unlocked the um, basically the bands on the smartphone to support all of the 5G across the world. So um, white ultra, you know, wideband, um, five, sub 5G in the US, in Europe, in India, whatever flavor of 5G that they had in there as far as the bands are unlocked on this phone. 
where most phones that you guys have that we purchase have a region specific. So if, if Samsung sells a phone in the US, they region lock it to the US so that if you travel outside, you get maybe 4G or something a little bit slower, but you won't get the 5G outside of where your market is intended. And I think it's it's a licensing issue. They don't want to pay too much on the money on it and charge the consumer there. Um, some say the, uh, the, uh, okay. So the, uh, the, the app, Apple's, the bionic, uh, chip from Apple a year is ahead of Android chips. So here's the thing. The reason why people are saying that is because Apple goes on stage and they say that our chip is the fastest since, and then they never say what they never say to what, uh, is it faster than they're just basically benchmarking their own ch uh, chips year over year. That makes perfect sense. I don't think the uh, the uh, the abionic so the insert number basically depending on what you're looking for is truly a competitor. It doesn't run in the same ecosystem. So this is the one when you want to compare two things together, right? Um, the A13, the A14, the A15, whatever the A series of chipset that we get with from iPhones, they're intended to work only on Apple products. So be it the iPad or be it either you know the the, the new the you know the iPad. Um, sorry, the, the smaller versions of the iPad Minis and so on. Depending on the hardware that you're using. It's only intended to work on on iOS devices. So when you're comparing it to another phone that runs Android or runs a Qualcomm chipset or any other chipset, it's running a different ecosystem. And that's where the optimization kind of gets a little bit weird. I think this is why Google's jumping in with Tensor because they want to be able to control the entire ecosystem, not rely on a third-party company for anything other than maybe making the hardware, but for the entire vision to be what they want. That's what Qualcomm did with Asus. It was heavily inspired by what Qualcomm does. And this literally lives stock Android experience with Qualcomm optimizations, adaptive sound, Aptex HD, uh, high performance sound quality, all of the things that you expect from Qualcomm in a phone. So those are the things that we need to keep in mind when we hear Apple say that they've released the best. We want to see the numbers. We want to see the benchmark. We want to see what are you comparing yourself to. Um, Honor does the same thing. Um, a lot of other manufacturers, they'll start basically pointing directly to iPhones and they'll show that their phones are faster than the iPhone. Again, th those at least you see, you see numbers and performances, but Apple just never confirms anything. So we need to see what the numbers are and where they're coming from. So we'll have to see that. Um, I, I do want to say again, Thank you very much to all that tech for 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 the super chat. You're going to be getting so many thanks from me. I, uh, it's going to be ridiculous this week, but I appreciate that. Um, the MediaTek 1200. Okay, so the Ultra uh, on the 11T is that good? The 1200 on its own. So I've I've used the 1200 AI. I was supposed to get the 1200. Sorry, the uh, 11T as well, um, but I think somewhere through the th communication kind of crossed. I only got the 11 Lite, and then I got the uh, um, the 11T Pro. I'll say this using the uh, the 1200 without even having the ultra or the ai variant of it is already a fast enough processor it benchmarks around the 855 the 865 performance and that's nothing to joke about so although it doesn't hit the same note as an 888 or an 888 plus it doesn't on the daily active oh, sorry on the daily activities uh using it gaming uh, there are some limitations, though. I'll probably say that there is no 4K 60 or 8K on this. That's something that if that's interesting to you, that is a limitation on the 1200, regardless of the Ultra or whichever you're using. I think it seems like it's capping at 4K 30, and I think that could be the potential limiter. But very few people really shoot 8K. And even if you do shoot 8K, um, I don't really think that you're going to be going straight to your phone. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a few number of devices on my, de uh, on my desk right now that can shoot 8K. 
but I don't use them to shoot 8K because the quality of the image, the processing is not as good as 4K 60 for me. So 4K 60 is more important than 8K, especially if I'm trying to slow things down or if I'm trying to basically create content that is um, in unison to what I'm shooting with. Like on this video, when we shoot my, shoot my videos, I shoot at 4K 60. Now I'm shooting 4K 30 with the overhead, but it does work enough because I, I produce it at 4K 30. So it works out that way. So long story short, Yes, the 1200U is going to be amazing. I don't think there's going to be any big difference or noticeable difference that we will see on using a smartphone that runs it. Uh, I think MediaTek has really outdid themselves with the Dimensity's chipset and cannot wait to see what 2021, sorry, 2022 will bring us. Um, they should be, hopefully, by the end of the year, most of the new SOCs will be announced. So the new Exynos, obviously Tensor is going to be coming out, uh, the new Qualcomm, and of course, uh, the new MediaTek processor. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it is a very, very unique, uh, I agree personally. Um, I have, I've seen this, uh, Snapdragon has a better experience than, ex uh, yeah, no, it, it over year over year, seriously, with the exception of the heating issue concerns that you get right now with the 888, it is a very good processor. I mean, it runs very nice. Uh, it performs quite well when you have, when, when the manufacturer of the phone that you're buying has done enough work to manage the heat meaning build in heat dissipation mechanisms to allow the heat to dissipate so that the phone doesn't throttle itself. Um, different companies have done it differently. Samsung decides to throttle your phone out of the box without telling you that it's throttled. And you have to actually dig into the settings to figure out how to get it to run at speeds that you're expecting. Um, and of course, we start looking at uh, OnePlus. Now, OnePlus is a little bit different. They are known for doing the throttling game, but they don't really want to give us the control. And I feel like they just need to just like, hey, Look, we're going to give you the ability of assigning which core or which class of cores that we're going to allow you to run this application on. And if it's something that needs to run in the background, there is no reason it needs to hit anything close to the uh, performance cores or even the mid cores. So that for the most part, I feel like that's what we're rating on for, for OnePlus. Uh, but yeah, the 888 has, been, has proven to be a, a little bit of a challenge for most companies. You know, that's why I like what, what Red Magic does. I like what Asus is doing uh, with the uh, ROG phones as well, with dissipation and, of course, uh, graphite uh, layers of graphene in there to be able to allow the heat to dissipate correctly. Um, but yeah, no, no, for sure. For sure. Let me see here. Uh, Vivo likes to switch up the SOCs. Uh, it's Okay, so... Here, Russ is jumping in. So Vivo likes to switch up the SOCs. It's been apparent for years now. Uh, they even used to use the Exynos 1080, uh, which was Samsung, uh, did not use for, uh, in their own lineup. I think Vivo Vivo's an interesting... For me, I always think of Vivo as an experimenting type of a company. They like to experiment with a lot of different things. They like to go and produce content, or not content, but like devices that are very unique, like the X70 Pro Plus that, that just came out, supposedly. It's literally one of the better... It's supposed to be one of the best cameras on the market. Um, and I think we were talking about it with the best of our week with Josh and Isa a couple of days ago with Juan. Um, and, you know, it is very much a unique thing. I mean, having a micro gimbal inside of the sensor uh, to be able to get that smooth gimbal experience out of a smartphone is going to be very nice. SOC wise, I think for the most part, they stick to the uh, to Snapdragon. But yeah, uh, can't see a lot of things uh, <laughs> to, to go. Uh, Ranesh hit it, hit it right on the app, right on the uh, the comparison chart you cannot compare apples to androids and and this is why i always think look apple makes their fsocs the a, the uh, the a insert number bionic to run perfectly on their hardware because they can customize the hardware to match the software and that's why your experience always feels the same what i feel like and this is you know you, you this is where it kind of gets me a little bit 
with all of the improvements that they talked about, all of the improvements in the sense of what the A13 or the A14 or A15 Bionic can do, the user experience on the phone, like when you boot up an Android or sorry, let's say when you boot up an iPhone, you're getting pretty much the same experience. It doesn't feel very different. And what I mean by this is app loading, opening, closing applications, switching applications, um, bringing down the notification panel, or uh, you know, looking at notifications. All of those things feel very much the same. And I think that that's a that's something to be attributed to their optimizations. The concern that I have right now is where even though the processor can go a thousand miles an hour, where you really benefit from that is when you start running applications and games that you, that that are supporting it. So the Pro Series having the promotion now with the 120 hertz is really going to tax the CPU. This is something that I and you can probably quote me on this: battery life on the Pro and the Pro Max are going to suffer because of the promotion display. And this is something that we've suffered on Android for quite some time. If you turn on QHD 120 hertz refresh rate, you're going to have battery drain uh, be a concern, a number one thing for the display. You're going to enjoy the phone. There's no question. It's going to be tons of fun. But I feel like this is something that we also kind of will be able to start seeing how things are. I want to see how apps run on iPhone with 120. Because people on iPhone uh, in Android uh, world, we went through 60, 90, 120, 144, 165. We have a, a plethora of, of different resolute, uh, sorry, refresh rate numbers that we've gone through. And what you see here essentially is Apple going straight from 60 to 120. This is literally like 100% improvement in performance as far as the display. What apps are going to use it? What apps are not going to use it? What apps are going to get stay locked at 60 frames? I think that's going to be a big conversation of a lot of the people that decide to pick up the iPhone 13. Personally, I I decided not to go for it yet. And I'll say this. I currently have an iPhone. It's an 11 Pro Max. It's a good phone. And it's it has served me amazingly well. And it still performs very well. I haven't found anything that compels me to say, look, I want to jump on a, uh, the 13 Pro Max yet. The ProMotion uh, display, believe it or not, I prefer to play games on Android more than I would want to play them on, and on iOS, mostly because that is so new. And yes, developers are going to start supporting it. We'll start seeing more things. But at the end of the day, if I want to play a game and I want to enjoy it, I want triggers. I want that fan to run in the background. I want cooling LEDs. I want a whole bunch of things to make this phone a gaming phone. So for me, at least at this point, I, I'm not pulling the trigger there. I'll, I'll wait and I'll see. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some specials as things kind of go up and then maybe I'll be able to do a trade-in with mine. But at this point, at least, uh, I mean, I just don't use iPhones. Let's just say that. I use it very rarely uh, for specific reasons only. Um, let me see here real quick. I think I missed a few comments. Oh, here it is. Uh, Rinesh. Uh, Golan Levy is uh, jumping in there. Okay. Uh, so Golan's saying is, if I had to choose between the Pixel 5a and the Asus Zenfone 8, I would choose the Zenfone in every way, not to mention Google's boring operating system. Okay. So Golan, I, I will say this. Choosing Asus over, over Pixel is obviously, it's a personal choice. It's an aesthetic uh, experience, right? Uh, the Zenfone 8 actually is a very capable smartphone. I like it, and I like what, what Asus has brought with it. Um, the difference between the what we're comparing here right now, obviously, is the Pixel 5a is, in in, in all its essence, it's a mid-range processor, right? And um, Google's UI elements are changing. Material U uh, with Android 12 is definitely very different. And I'm 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 assuming that the reference that you're talking about the, uh, the the operating system is you're more more probably talking about the stock experience that we've seen so far. I have Android 12 running on my Pixel 5a. 
Um, and it's a very different experience. It definitely does not feel like Pixel. It definitely feels like a, uh, an OEM skin on a specific device. And I think that's what Google's going for here. They no longer want to just run the vanilla version of what people assume that's vanilla Android. Although vanilla Android is AOSP and Pixel is always run some optimizations on top of that. So what we get from Google is changing and it's going to change for many devices for years uh, back as well. So I'm talking about the Pixel 5, Pixel 5a, uh, Pixel 4, Pixel 3. Those are all going to get Android 12. And once they get on Android 12, it's going to look very different. Um, hold on. Is it on? Yeah, I still have battery. Yeah. Hey, lucky me. Let me see here. Can I can I do this? Is it unlocking? Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the design change, this is Android 12. We're talking uh, just overall performance, uh, notification shade, everything changed the same. This is not what we're used to seeing. And it runs beautifully on the Pixel 5a. So I, I'm with you. Whatever works for you, uh, I think that's the best way to look at it. Um, I don't necessarily think one is better than the other from an ecosystem. I think it's more about what the device can do. Uh, and that, for me, I always generally go with the Pixel purely for the image processing, but it doesn't mean that we can't bring over, you know, like a Gcam over to the to the Asus Zenfone 8 and see how that works on that sensor as well. Uh, let me see here. I think Dominic, uh, oops, sorry. All right, I have to scroll. Oh, one of the other technical problems I had this morning is my wireless mouse decided not to work. So I'm actually using a wired mouse. Um, well, here, so I'm having to use a wired mouse to, today and it's not acting very nicely. Uh, let me see here. Okay, the iPad Mini was a shocker. Yes, that, that, so that was actually very. It, it the bezels on it are obviously massive, but that's that's beside the point. That's the Mini there. Um, the couple of iPad announcements that they talked about was definitely very nice. I like the form factor. Um, I personally don't uh, think that the. Let's I'll take that back. If you're an iPad user, this is going to be an amazing uh, uh, feature. What you're getting there, the smaller form factor, the capabilities, the better cameras on the front, which is a big thing. I think a lot of us focus more on the front-facing camera with tablets than the back-facing. I mean, I almost feel like they don't even need a, a camera on the back, but essentially they're focusing on it and the tracking, the new technologies that uh, Apple is putting in there uh, to be able to provide you that tracking uh, image. So where you're in the frame, if you move, the frame moves with you. I think that's going to be very nice. Uh, and for sure, it's one of those things I think a lot of people appreciate. And the price point is actually pretty decent. Um, TK, can we buy the Qualcomm model? Is it only available for developers? So um, the Qualcomm, initially, well, I'll step back. It is available on ASUS's website. That's the only thing. It's not available everywhere. You can't get it from Samsung, uh, sorry, uh, from like your your um, your uh, carriers. So it's not on any carrier uh, and it is not going to be on Amazon. So it's purely sold on uh, ASUS's main site. So if you go to ASUS or if you just Google uh, Snapdragon Insider phone, ASUS, it's going to take you to Snap uh, to the ASUS website. So that's the only place to pick it up. It's a little bit pricey, I'll say that much, but it includes the Bayer Dynamic earbuds. These are included in the package. So you're getting the experience. You're getting the, uh, the Snapdragon sound. So the experience that you get there is truly a, um, a unique experience there. And I've been receiving updates. There's supposed to be one more uh, massive update that does a great improvement on the cameras. As soon as I get that, there's going to be another video showcasing the cameras there. Um, has 16 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of internal storage, the fastest on, on both of those. Uh, stereo speakers, great cameras on the back. Uh, and again, for me, pure bliss listening to music. I mean, I, I told Juan yesterday, I said, dude, I've been, I'm going to be listening to music the whole weekend. That's my goal. And great, uh, great ANC as well. Um, Yes, the, the, the Zenfone 8 Flip actually was definitely very interesting. It's essentially what they used to use. Uh, they just renamed it called the Flip. It, the camera sensors, 
so here's the thing for me with that. Um, it's a great idea, but I think it, it missed the it missed the mark by a slight uh, by a slight hair when it comes to the front facing experience. What they did is they gave you the cameras that you want, the primary shooters, the best cameras on the phone, and they allowed you to use them on the front. But then when you use it on the front, when you flip the cameras over, it treats it as if it's a front-facing camera, which is pretty much a crippled experience, meaning 1080p is the maximum you can shoot when you're front-facing camera, when your camera's on the front. And you have to get it, the camera to go to the back to be able to shoot 4K, which I don't know why, for some reason, front-facing experience on a lot of phones is capped at 1080 like 1080 60 is literally the best they think we need. I don't think so. I think 4K 60 is literally, I think, the goal that you should be hitting. Um, Samsung does that uh, right now with their devices. LG did it with the V60. I think they knocked it out of the park. It, and that's what I think you should be able to do. Get a consistent, cohesive, uh, color graded the, to the same level experience from the front and on the back. Once you give us give us that uh, that uh, unique experience going there, you're going to be able to enjoy it a little bit more. And you know that if you took a picture from the back or the front, you're going to get the same type of exposure. You're not going to get different colors. The one is going to be washed out, but then the cameras on the back always look amazing. And I feel like this is done on purpose, just so that we use the main sensors. Which I know Juan would jump in right now and says, "TK, you're using the wrong camera. You should be using the back sensor all the time." But at the end of the day. The selfie camera is there and it, it is being used since its introduction. Um, photography is the biggest thing they people use it. But now, obviously, with, um, you know, TikTok and Reels and all of those things, front-facing cameras are the, the main thing you start. Um, most of the Reels I create uh, on my channel or the, the shorts, I'll have some element of the front-facing experience and I want to be able to know what I'm using is right. So I, I'm with you. Um, Hans is... Um, uh, <laughs> not in the real world, the Xperia 1 Mark III beats the iPhone 12 Pro Max in all speed tests, uh, the video, the videos I've seen. Um, I think in, in performance, there's no question. The this, Xperia 1 Mark III obviously is running the latest and greatest of what we have this year. Not the Plus, but the 888. Um, what you're getting there obviously is just a generational improvement. So you have to kind of keep that in mind. Uh, the iPhone 12 was released, was it last year? Like a little bit before uh, the 888 was announced. And of course, the Xperia 1 Mark III comes out with that one. There's also to be said that you know, um, Sony does a very nice job on not altering the Android experience in there. They don't try to do too much to, to slow the system down. So it runs naturally very fast. Um, and I don't doubt it. Uh, there's there's definitely a lot of improvements in there. Um, one of the things I think a lot of people are very excited about with the new iPhones are is that rack and focus, right? Uh, that ability of being able to pull focus from a front-facing person. So like right here, when I, you guys are looking at this right now, and I can just shift it back to me, back, 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 back. But think about that type of experience, but with you on the phone and you're touching the focus point and moving the focus from one side, one side to the other. Um, to want to Hans's point, Xperia has been doing that for years. I've been able to use rack and focus on uh, the Xperia One Mark II, the Xperia One. Uh, I don't think the Xperia One had it. The One Mark II and the Xperia Five Mark II both have it, and we know that the Xperia One Mark III has it, and the Five Mark III will have it. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, I don't want to get into the you know Apple finally. Apple moves the needle very slowly every year. This was the year for them to bring ProMotion, literally two years after they introduced it to their iPads. Why did it take so long? I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's their approach to, uh, to where things are. And um, there's promises of better battery uh, performance, but they didn't say if they increased the size of the battery. So we don't know if the batteries are bigger or if they're talking about 
optimizations with the new uh, the uh, the A series chipset that allows them to have another hour and a half. Um, I think on Thursday when we were talking to Isa and and, uh, and Josh, Isa told me that she charges her phone twice a day, the iPhone Mini, the 12 Mini, and adding another hour and a half doesn't change that. That's still going to be a small battery. I think uh, Juan uh, kind of uh, summarized it very nicely. The iPhone 12 or the, the mini series of the iPhones that we see are intended to be small form factor phones, but they're not really a representation of what the big phones are just in a small form factor. It's intended to be more of a communicator where you check notifications, you see if you need to kind of interact with people, but you don't really necessarily do too much because if you try to use it like an iPhone 13 Pro Max, it's just not going to hold up. Cameras are not the same, but also the battery life isn't the same. Um, it's just also a very small, I mean, I take it some at one point in life, this used to be a big phone, but this is a very, actually a very small screen uh, when you compare it to what the iPhone. So this is the 13 Pro Max. This is the 13, uh, 13 mini. So we're talking like night and day. And you guys could see, you could see yourself here right there. Hey, hey, geek, geeking out. Yeah. Uh, Mark Alakhalik, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Max is in there as well. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, which which one is better? Is the 13 Pro or the 13? Uh, okay, so here is a quick question. Uh, which one is better, the 13 Pro or the uh, 13 Pro Max? Um, for me, I would say the 13 Pro Max, not because the 13 Pro is not as good. The, diff the only difference between those two now is screen size and battery. That's the biggest difference between the 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max. The sensors are exactly the same. They fixed that problem from last year where the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max did not have the same sensor. So the 12 Pro Max was literally what they were trying to get everybody to buy. You can totally get everything you want out of a 13 Pro. So the 6.1 inch display, um, both the 13 and the 13 Pro run, and I do apologize for the crack display, both are 6.1 inches displays on them. So the only difference that you're getting there is here with the 13 Pro, you get all of the same sensors as what you get with the 13 Pro Max. The only difference is slightly smaller and slightly smaller battery. So if you want a smaller form factor, but still get all the horsepower of what we get with the 13 Pro Max, the 13 Pro is gonna be it. If you need the larger battery, you want the phone to last you a lot longer, I think you should go with the 13 Pro Max. I think that's the the only difference that we, makes a, makes uh, makes matters for me because this is actually still pretty decent. 6.1 is not too small, but this one jumps to 6.7, so it's an extra. That's a much bigger display, right? So it's a big difference in performance and landscape to play with. So watching content obviously would be more enjoyable there as well. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that answers your question, Raw. Uh, let me see here. I think let me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Greg, Greg actually hit it right on the nail. Um, 8K literally fills up your storage. There's, it's literally, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. If there is a reason for it and you want to shoot in 8K, obviously I would recommend you taking those footage, that footage off your phone as soon as you can. Um, currently you can't back up that quality at that, 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 that type of footage at that quality on any of the online uh, systems. Most of them will cap you about 4K. Um, unless you have something where it literally backs up files like OneDrive or something like that. But it, whenever it's processed, there's going to be something in there. Um, I think 8K is just not there yet. I think 8K is a nice thing to have. Um, and for phones that do shoot in 8K, most people never use that feature. Uh, very few people want to shoot that kind of footage because there's two things you have to keep in mind. A, none of the phones that shoot 8K have an 8K display. Um, the only one that has a 4K is the Xperia series, and those are the only ones that carry 
that can truly shoot 120 frames per second video in 4K and then play it back with the Xperia 1 Mark III on a 4K 120 hertz refresh rate. Most other devices are running on a, basically a 2K or 1080p display. And then even then, you're trying to watch an 8K video on that. So you're truly not able to enjoy the content you shot on the phone on the phone. And then factor the fact that you you put it on your PC, put it on a TV or whatever you're playing it on, unless you've invested heavily in an 8K monitor or an 8K TV, again, you're playing it at a different resolution. So to Craig's point, it takes too much storage and it's not very functional yet. Sorry about that. Rinesh is saying hi. Uh, man, let me see here. I think I may understand. Da, 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 da. Kind of like the app uh, by performance throttle. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, my only issue with Samsung. Okay, so here, let's jump in. We're back here with uh, um, um, uh, Amana Amanamar. Hold on, uh, Amanamar. Amanamar. That's it. Uh, so my only uh, my only issue with Samsung's versus OnePlus is uh, the Knox Fuse trigger. Uh, if one if one roots the uh, phone and gets the CPU GPU acceleration, uh, which Samsung could allow us uh, basically to take out the maximum four millimeter, uh, the form, uh, the, yes. So Samsung's been, so the Knox trigger is actually becoming even more, more of a drastic thing situation now. Um, we're noticing a lot of big issues where uh, Samsung now disables the camera. You can no longer use the camera. This is something that Sony used to do back in the day when people used to, uh, when they wanted to root Sony devices, is Sony disables DRM so you couldn't watch uh, copyrighted material on your phone. But Samsung's now moving forward in, the, in a much more aggressive way of disabling the cameras. So yeah, tripping knocks when you try to read your phone to be able to get better performance. Um, for the most part, voids your warranty. Samsung's pretty much very much against us at this point. Um, OnePlus, I feel like it's still, for the most part, the, the only true Android enthusiast brand that still is very friendly to developers and for people that love to root and install custom ROMs. You know, you can unlock your phone, you can root it, do whatever you want. If something goes wrong, OnePlus still supports you and they still cover your phone. No other brand right now can basically stand up and say, look, we're totally cool with it. Pixel has the ability of allowing us to, be, you know, so we can still root pixels and we can still go through, uh, through well, uh, do what we would like to do with Pixel smartphones. The biggest issue that we re uh, we're starting to face there is uh, we still don't know necessarily, you know, how it's going to work with Tensor and how those, you know, I would call them security features are added in there. But at least through the recent generations of, uh, of uh, SOCs and Android uh, release, we're noticing them locking it down a little bit more. It's getting a little bit harder every year to root or, or to run, uh, you know, uh, boot up a custom uh, boot image on, on your smartphone or even try to change your recovery if you want to be able to do that. So I'm with you on the OnePlus uh, versus Samsung, but I feel like OnePlus is still, in my opinion, uh, the true enthusiast um, roaming, modding, doing everything you want on a smartphone uh, company. Uh, and it supports your phone, regardless if you, you know, if it, if you're, if it's rooted or not, they'll still support it. Um, I'm hoping that uh, Russ is jumping back with, I hope that finally, uh, the developers finally give us 120 Hertz high graphics on games. Um, hate that we have, um, to wait. I I'm hoping that that's going to be the solution right now on Android. It is extremely fragmented and it extremely, um, it's almost like who, you know, kind of a conversation. It's not pretty much who you are. And I say this because there's so many phones that run 120 frames per second. There's so many phones that run 90 frames per second or 144 and so on. Insert number, it's there. Game developers are by device selecting or by brand selecting what company can do more or less. 
the collaboration between Samsung, uh, sorry, with Sony and Call of Duty, uh, basically specifically the game, allows you to pay Call of Duty Mobile, play Call of Duty Mobile at 120 frames per second on their phones. So 4K 120 frames per second gameplay of Call of Duty hands down the Xperia 1 Mark III. That would be one of the reasons, uh, not the only, but the, one of the reasons I would buy that phone and why the reasons why I wanted that phone. Um, so, but then the same game runs on a gaming phone like the Red Magic 6 at only 90 frames per second. So it seemed like 90 is pretty much what you get. Um, you know, Call of Duty Mobile, PUBG Mobile, all of those games that require high refresh rates. Uh, and I'm not talking about standard RPGs like you know slow moving. I'm talking about things that are fast paced. You have a lot of movements, a lot of elements in the in the in the uh, in the field of view that need to be rendered and and obviously updated a lot. So the hope is that yes, the Pro series bring more developer support. But you have to remember, these developers are going to support it on the iPhones. It doesn't mean they're going to turn it on on Android. This is different than when Apple takes on 5G because the developers that are building for Android are building for Android. And the one that are developing for iPhone, they're not, it, you know, what I mean to say is it's not the same code. Maybe that's a better way to say it. It's a different um, resource pool. It's a different code. It's a different language. And turning it on for one doesn't mean they turn it on for others. I think what we as a consumer needs to start voicing our opinions when games don't run the way they're supposed to. Um, at some point, that exclusivity is going to stop, and I'm hoping more devices will support 120. But I think that's what I'm trying to say. Um, it's great that iPhones have it, but I don't really feel like it's going to translate that much for us on the Android side because it's not the same. 5G is used on both ecosystems, so that's you know a little bit different uh, when Apple incorporates 5G into their smartphones. So companies and, and other companies obviously are going to start pushing it. It's just going to have to see basically when it becomes more accessible. I think 90 frames per second, uh, like 90 hertz refresh rate uh, displays are still a very big jump. It's a 50% performance improvement over what you've come from if you're on, in, uh, for, uh, on a, let's say, uh, 60 frames per second. And if you can consider that, that's a massive jump. You'll notice that right away. Uh, 120 is just, you know, icing on the cake. So I'm hoping, sorry, I didn't mean to um, prolong that one, uh, but I thought about it a little bit more ever since I kind of made this original statement. You know, now that we have 120, hopefully things will get better. In theory, it will get better for iPhones, but I don't know if that's going to translate. We're still going to have that fragmentation on Android because um, each device plays differently. And you almost want to, you know, it's like you, when you see a new phone come out on Android, you're like, well, maybe I should wait and start seeing some reviews before I make that purchase because I want to know if that phone's going to support it and will it support it down the road as opposed to making the investment and then realizing you're basically stuck with what you have. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, so Aditya jumped in here. Uh, uh, so he's answering Rush. I, I, think, I think he says, um, I believe Apple's jumping on the 120 hertz trend uh, might incentivize more devs to optimize for 120. So that's maybe the maybe the direction we need to look at it. Maybe, yes, more developers will start seeing that to compete with the iPhone ecosystem, they need to bring up more 120 hertz on Android to be able to sell more. At the end of the day, again, um, developers are developing for an ecosystem. When they develop for iPhones, they're developing for a very small subset of hardware. Right now, only two devices support 120 hertz, so the ProMotion display. Right, iPad is a different conversation. I'm talking about smartphones specifically. So it's much easier for them to optimize for iPhone than 
to optimize for the OnePlus 9 Pro, for the Oppo uh, Find X3 Pro or the Find X2 Pro. Um, also optimize for the Samsung the Galaxy S21 series that supports 120 hertz with 1080p um, or QHD and 120 hertz. So there's a lot of different flavors that they would need to optimize for and turn it on. So we'll have to see. Again, I'm hopeful, um, but from a from an optim from a um, an optimal workforce, if you had to think about it, I feel like the direction that we're going with will be more so benefiting the the Pro series initially, and maybe with time we'll start seeing more. Uh, standardization on Android side. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not that we don't have the hardware. It's just we don't have it standardized. And I mean that meaning the developers don't turn it on for everybody for some reason. It, it, I don't understand why. That's the other thing. I can tell you that the uh, Red Magic 6 Pro, uh, 6S Pro is more than capable of supporting 120 frames per second. Even the original, uh, the early one from the beginning of the year, the 6 Pro can also do that as well. Oops, I think I may have missed a couple of comments here. I think Greg, um, is LG root friendly too? Uh, no, sadly. So Russ was asking. Um, LG was also one of the ones that were harder uh, harder to root. It's not impossible, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, it was definitely not root friendly. Um, I think a lot of companies kind of shifted away from uh, allowing or being. Um, I don't know how to explain it. it, it being known as root friendly or, or developer friendly or modding friendly uh, because of the security features that a lot of companies are trying to sell. They're saying that we have a very secure system. It's locked down. People can't you know, access your information, so on and so forth. And for some reason, when they look at it and say you know, that uh, the user has root, you're able to circumvent their security, their pre-existing systems. And for that, it typically creates kind of like a, a contrary narrative to what you see with other companies. So at the end of the day, when you look at it, um, it's great that we can root OnePlus devices. Does it change the ecosystem? Does it change certain things in there? Obviously, we have to make sure we still have safety net. Um, there's a lot of things that you need to do to make sure that you're still able to use, let's say, Apple Pay, not Apple Pay, Google Pay or something. So um, I wished LG was, but um, unfortunately, LG is still also not part of the conversation anymore, or at least in the near in the near term is not part of the conversation. If they ever do come back, we'll have to see. Uh, some of what you're... Uh, the, the international European LG's uh, root-friendly uh, models are... Oh, okay. So the European models, so that's a little bit different. I know in the US, they weren't. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play with some of the European models. Uh, Greg would have has also a lot of good things. The U.S. models of LG bootloaders are locked and fastboot disabled. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, to 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 the point that we were making a few minutes ago. Uh, hold on, let me see. Uh, oh, Russ, jumping back. TK, thank you very much for the reply. Uh, reply, Greg. I uh, I see some say most European versions of the phones are root friendly. Uh, I'm jealous how European friends get uh, to enjoy 256 gigabytes uh, LG V60s. You know, it is. It is very nice. But at the end of the day, keep in mind, we still have SD cards on the V60. And that was something that, again, um, it, it it's it's a dying. <laughs> it's it's becoming a unique feature. Let's just say that. Uh, Davin Davis. Hey, man. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Sabaho TK. Waiting for the part uh, for the Xperia 1 Mark II to come in. Um, it's very, it, it is a very, very nice phone. Uh, Xperia 1 Mark II, honestly, about the only thing that I would probably say that the three does for me more than the two. Uh, and it really, so don't get me wrong. I like the camera setup that they got on, on the new one uh, with the, the dual telephoto lens, the 70 and the 70 and 105. But I really, it's the 4K 120 Hertz refresh rate display that's getting me more excited. Um, and that's purely for my gaming enthusiast. Because so up to this point, uh, Samsung, sorry, Sony always gave us two phones. 
One was great for the content consumption. So 4K, uh, large battery, large display, stereo speakers, uh, headphone jack, all of the good things. So that's one Mark II. And then the 5 Mark II was giving us as a gaming option, slightly smaller, 1080p 120. Um, and again, it gave us similar experiences, but it was a smaller footprint. Now, it, that definition is slightly different. I'm, I'm finding hard to, other than the fact that if you want a smaller Xperia, um, what the Xperia 5 Mark III will bring. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. But I, I'm with you. I hope you get the parts soon, man. I hope you get it uh, back up and running. Um, flash any ROMs. <laughs> Greg, we need an update. What what ROM are you running on, and what are you what are you currently flashing on the uh, on your on your latest device? Um, here, let's jump back in real quick with uh, Golan uh, Levy real quick. Hmm. Uh, Golan says, "If uh, so, if so, here now we're talking about potentially about the 10 Pro. If OnePlus and the 10 Pro, uh, which came out, hopefully will come out by March or so, uh, will." In March, will not upgrade their photo, the the photo, the, the camera lenses or the camera arrays that we have right now, uh, with the collaboration with Hasselblad. Unfortunately, they will sell it. Uh, they will sell um, if I don't know if those fans. Okay, so more than likely their collaboration. By the way, with Hasselblad, it's going to be going for a little bit longer. Specifically, speaking of which, they just dropped. If you guys have, if anybody has a nine Pro or, or think are running stock um, Oxygen OS. Uh, they just dropped an update this week that gave us uh, the X-Band uh, mode, which is a Hasselblad mode, specifically in the camera sensor. So they, they are still working to fine-tune and add more features to the uh, to the 9 series. Um, on, the, on the 10 series, more than likely, they're going to still be running with Hasselblad. I think their collaboration will go at least a couple of generations. Um, there is a good chance that they're going to change a little bit the main sensors. There's a possibility that they may change uh, the uh, some of the arrays in there. But I think Camera performance on the 9 Pro ever since the 8 Pro has been moving very closely to the best experience you can get on OnePlus right now. So even if they stick to the same sensors as they had with the 9 Pro, I think the 10 Pro will still sell. The Hasselblad collaboration, I think it's a nice collaboration from the sense of camera tuning. So learning or using some of the tuning options that you get from Hasselblad so that you get a little bit more vivid, richer colors, not just overly saturated for the sake of overly saturating a color image. So uh, for me, I think it'll still be a good deal. Uh, will it sell? I think absolutely. OnePlus has um, has moved away from the flagship killer conversation to literally the third, uh, some of the, you know, in, in the top four seller, uh, device sellers in the US. Um, and they've worked almost now with all, every single carrier in there. So I think this is something to truly attribute to their success here is they've truly moved up from small company that barely makes one phone to a company now that makes uh, literally you know, four to five phones, six phones a, a year, depending if you look at it, the N10, the N100, the N200, uh, the Nord, the, uh, and then you have also the, you know, the, the, the nine, sorry, the nine and the nine pro. And if they still stick to their plan, there'll probably be a nine T coming up in the next, in the near future. So a lot of things that are very, very, very nice, but I think they'll still definitely do well. Oops. I think I jumped a little bit too much again. Um, I will say, I want to say this again. Thank you very much to all that tech for, for the super chat earlier in the chat. If you guys missed that one, uh, very, very nice. Um, Omar is saying, uh, Sabaho, Sabaho, hope you're doing well, man. Devin, um, I think Devin answering Ahmed. Okay. Here, uh, Ahmed Arif, uh, is asking question here. So why, uh, most, if not all Android OEM limit their, uh, their software support to two year, two to three years, um, at max. My 2009, uh, my 2019 uh, $1,000 Galaxy Note 10 Plus likely will not get Android 12, while my budget for, uh, $400 iPhone SE 
uh, in uh, SE of 2016 is more likely we'll get iOS 15. And I think, so I'm assuming some of the people already answered. The big part of it actually is Qualcomm. It's not really um, Samsung. Um, Qualcomm limits the amount of years they're able to support drivers. So when I try to say is this, um, the, the SOC, the CPU, think of it as like the core process, core part of your system, right? Uh, but for, for all of the things inside of that CPU to run correctly, you need to have the right drivers. And those typically come from the manufacturer of the SOC. So it's like getting a new, um, new camera and you connect it to your PC, you need to download the drivers from the maker, the new printer, everything works that same. Um, Qualcomm's for the most part been limiting um, uh, their support for those amount of years. So two to three years is literally about the most that they're able to. Now, let me say this. Can your, can your S10 Plus run Android 12? Absolutely. Is it possible that you can root the device and get it to run and, and enjoy future updates of Android? Absolutely. Is it involved? Yes, that's probably what it kind of gets to. So from that sense, when an agreement is made on, an S, on a specific SKU, so a specific um, version of an SOC, uh, it typically lives for only so, so much, right? So um, the 888 for, for the most part this year is going to be what everybody's going to be buying. But if you go to 2022, nobody's going to be selling an 888 anymore. So what they did from last year's 865 is they rebranded the 865 plus to the to the 870, and that's what we got this year. Uh, and then you have the eight, uh, then the 888, and then of course then you have the 67, uh, sorry the the 655, uh, sorry the 765, and then now you have the 780 and the 765 or the 778. Sorry, there's multiple SOC chipsets. It's Again, pretty much done there. One thing that Google's trying to do by going over to Tensor or Whitechapel um, is to extend that duration because they, they're able to support it longer. Are they going to truly go five years on everything? I don't know, but the reality is that's going to help. I will. I do want to say one small caveat to this entire conversation. Qualcomm does actually sell SOCs that do have more than two to three years support. Uh, those are intended for business consumers and they're generally more expensive because they keep them on the shelf longer and they keep making them longer. So it's a production, um, think of it as a, an optimization of a production shelf. The, they'll sell those, um, the one specifically I've showed on the channel was the one that were in the, uh, the Tough Book series from uh, Panasonic. Those run SOCs from Qualcomm that are supported for four to five years. And there's are things that are originally right now available, but you can also see the price of what's going on. It's way more expensive. So something to keep in mind. Uh, but yeah, short answer, Qualcomm, uh, the best way to kind of explain it. And I think everybody kind of um, followed suit. So MediaTek, um, you know, uh, Exynos and Samsung, they pretty much say, set the same standard because if that's the most that uh, the main company is going, anybody that wants to go beyond it will obviously have to pay for it. And just just to kind of point of reference, um, there is probably a chance that your S10, uh, your Note 10 Plus will receive, or um, the S10 Plus may receive um, Android 12, but it may end up being very late. I don't know if you probably even have the phone at that point. Um, I think it, they only covered it two to three years, and I don't think the S series is excluded from the three years. I think the S and Note series are the higher end. Uh, those are the ones that usually do get received the three years. Um, I'll double check and see if I can find that information somewhere online, if it is going to receive it or not. Um, uh, Otaku is actually saying, I don't know why MTK Exynos processors are not root friendly. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I don't know. How, uh, the best way to explain it is this. The reason why you don't see them as root friendly is because of development and availability. 
Qualcomm chipsets are in more devices in the world, and they've had that lead for quite some time. So what happens essentially is a lot of the developers are getting those Qualcomm phones. They're not picking up a MediaTek. We're starting to see more MediaTek devices come out. Uh, so there's a lot of what I would probably say is as time becomes more uh, where MediaTek becomes like more of a staple, like a lot of people you know, don't distinguish between Qualcomm and MediaTek, and they don't basically say, well, I don't want MediaTek because it's not Qualcomm. Most people don't know what smartphone processor they have. I can tell you right now that almost nobody in my family knows what processor they're running. But from a development standpoint, uh, MediaTek just hasn't reached that level. We haven't seen a lot of developers that are interested in working on developing or even trying to root uh, MediaTek devices because they're just not as, as um, I'm just going to say, they're not as developer friendly and they're also not as readily available. Uh, and uh, typically, that's the main factor. It's like when developers are able to get devices to work with, uh, and this is something that they would want to buy for themselves because there's a lot of developers are actually using their own devices to develop these things. So if you think, think of it that way, I think that's usually what it is. Um, but as far as Exynos and so on, um, Exynos actually is very root friendly. Most people can actually get the Exynos processor uh, rooted faster than Qualcomm. And it's been like that for a few years now. Qualcomm is the one, uh, at least on Samsung devices, has been the one that had the most uh, challenges within a few years. Uh, let me see here. Da, da, da. I don't want to hit it too much. TK, uh, Davin Davis, TK, thanks again. Um, going, going to do a, a screen replacement for my Xperia 1 Mark III. Um, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, I, I got a good panel. Yeah, you should. You know what? You could, I was going to say you should just pick up a, an Xperia One Mark III's uh, panel. They're they're probably not going to be parts, but um, I, I wish you the best of luck. I'll say that my the last time I did a panel the panel replacement, I think I told you guys about a while back. Uh, my ROG Phone Two from a couple of years ago, uh, the display cracked, but when I hit the table by mistake on the on the edge. And when I replaced it, although the display still works and I'm able to use the phone, um, I've had a delamination opening now. The bottom part of my phone, not this one, obviously, but the bottom part where the phone and the body of the phone kind of uh, compress uh, have delaminated. So I wish you the best of luck with replacing it. Uh, if um, Make sure you get good adhesive. I'll just say that. And and for me personally, I've, I've, I haven't wanted to open up the phone again just to fix the tape. Um, mostly because I'm worried I may damage something else. So I feel like if it's working, I can use it. And when it dies, it dies. Again, it's the RG Phone 2. It's on its last leg. I'm, I'm just happy it's still kicking. Let's just say that. Let me see here. Dominic is in there. Russ. Uh, oh, Jimmy Fire Dragon's in the chat. Uh, do you think OnePlus... Hold on, let me jump back. So here, Jimmy Fire Dragon. Let me take a quick sip. Do you think OnePlus will hype up the 10 Pro's camera uh, UI as much as they did for the 9 and 9 Pro. Um, I think that's going to be a big focus of what OnePlus has been doing. Their, their, their story for the last few years is how they've been improving cameras. I mean, every single event we've seen from them has always talked about their camera processing, their HDR processing, their new algorithms. Um, we started to see their uh, their their change or their improvements in the 8 Pro. The 9 Pro has, again, the 9 and 9 Pro has very similar sensors, actually. They did a little bit better with the 9 Pro in the US and the 9 um, I think it, it's best for them to continue the the, the course and uh, having better sensors and optimizations from Hasselblad on their cameras is always going to be better. We depend on a phone that has a great camera. Uh, and if the cameras out of a phone don't look great, trust me, we're not buying that phone again. And I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to build on it and improve it. Uh, so will they do as much hype? I hope so. I don't know if it's going to be as epic of uh, the first time when you reveal something because that was the big thing, obviously, with the 9 and 9 Pro, with the Hasselblad and things we're talking about landing on the moon. 
Um, I still actually have the poster that um, that came in my unboxing, the reviewer's package, uh, that has the picture of landing on the moon. So the entire package was in, in covered, in, encased in a cover like that. So I ended up using it as a, as a nice little poster here for the office. I like it and it looks good. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can, what can they, when they can bring, and what influence, what other influence they can bring in from Hasselblad in there. Um, I want to see. I, I would have loved to see a McLaren edition for, uh, version uh, from them that has some Hasselblad, uh, but I don't think they can cross promote. And the McLaren conversation, I think, is for the most part done at this point. Um, and oh, and I got a oh, Google raw, uh, do Google, a oh, Google cam running on the OnePlus Eight. Um, yeah. The beauty about Gcam is um, it's not as hard to get it running on other Qualcomm processors. So if you're because most devices actually, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see what's going to happen when Tensor comes out and when Gcam is intended to work on Tensor devices. Uh, actually, no, you know, it should still be fine because it, they they have a plethora of Qualcomm devices for a while. So the goal, what I was trying to say is um, getting Gcam to work on a non-Pixel device historically has been much easier to get it on a on a Qualcomm running processor uh, device than uh, running something like, say, when you're running on a Kirin. Because I remember when, um, when, when Huawei was doing a lot better with cameras and, and devices and so on, the biggest thing people were trying to do is get Gcam to run on Kirin. And that took a little bit longer, uh, mostly because it's... It's not the same libraries. The, C, uh, the CPU uh, performance is not even the same. It's not optimized to use those. Uh, uh, think of it as basically how the ISP and how the configuration of the processor is done on one system and trying to shift it to another system that doesn't run anything like it, uh, especially now since also you know, Huawei shifted over to Harmony. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Good good for that on, on uh, for you. Oops. I'm, uh, uh, Mariusa says... Uh, that is tensor, right? Uh, okay, hold on. I think there's a question going. Oh, Dominic here. Um, TK, the RG Phone 2 is still running fine. <laughs> my, my RG Phone 2. Oh, you have one as well. Uh, but the call quality is still pretty bad uh, when I tried to call uh, any, anybody on the landline. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I'm interested. The reason why I say interesting is what's the why would it be more specific to landline? And I'm wondering if it's more... Um, it, that is... It, it, I don't know. Okay. That's, I don't know why it would be specific to the landline. It has that had, would be nothing to do with the phone because that's the same modem and the same, everything is the same using it when you call this, uh, you know, somebody on a phone or anything like that. The only difference I would probably say is smartphones have probably better, have better amplification uh, to provide better sound and we're able to control that. And with landlines, you can't really raise the volume on, uh, on anything to kind of improve anything. So I, I it's interesting uh, for me. I'll say that after the first hit, um, my cameras don't work anymore. So, but we don't use the cameras on that phone. Uh, call quality hasn't ha hasn't been uh, impacted by it. Uh, and then, of course, audio quality is pretty much the same. Speakers work, headphone jack work. Uh, I think overall, the experience of the RG Phone Two has surpassed my expectation. Uh, I bought that phone for about four hundred and fifty bucks at launch. I, I got the ten cent edition, uh, and it has paid for itself over and over, and it's still going. Uh, and the 150 that I think it cost me to replace the screen uh, was well worth it to extend the life. And it's been over a year, so which is very nice. Yeah. Uh, let me double check here. I think I'm... Uh, da, da, da. Uh, oh, here. Uh, so Russ, Russ wants to talk a little bit about Dex and, and Huawei desktop. So Huawei's desktop mode uh, with Huawei laptops um, are, uh, are one of the best combinations. So uh, Huawei desktop, EMUI, so it used to be called EMUI desktop, right? Because those are the devices that carried it. 
um, desktop modes on Huawei phones and Samsung phones have led the uh, the experience when it comes down to using your phone as a laptop or as a, as a laptop replacement experience. Um, Huawei, I think, pushed the, the the envelope much faster than than Samsung did. Samsung got very comfortable with DeX, and Samsung was very complacent with uh, forcing people to buy docks, forcing using specific cables, forcing people to basically only have them uh, connected when you're physically wired into a system. Um, and it took them a long time to catch up to what Huawei was doing, and then Huawei shifted, right? But at the end of the day, I feel like what we want, or at least what I would love to see is for Google to actually start working on the desktop experience, bring development into it more than just having it there. Right now, the way desktop on Android is running uh, is pretty much, it's a work in progress, but it is just sitting in the back burner and nobody's talking about it. Um, the goal, I think what we're seeing with Huawei is for them to come back to the game and bring more uh, features. But now they're using Harmony, which it is a fork of Android, but it's not exactly the same as Huawei, uh, sorry, as Samsung. So um, I still, if I had to kind of put them head to head, which one I would prefer, um, I, I mean, I, I prefer Samsung right now, mostly because of that one feature that I really think that Huawei still doesn't have. And that's the ability of running Sam, uh, DeX on PC, meaning I can connect my phone to my PC and I can run DeX on it from that experience on, let's say, on my monitor, and I can use my phone entirely the way it were, it's supposed to from my PC without having to basically run it on a separate PC or run it like on a next stock or something. And I feel like that's one thing that I'm hoping uh, we'll see more with Huawei. And and again, Android uh, Android desktop mode is what I want to be able to see that. So uh, Greg's jumping back. Yeah, that's true. But some custom ROMs um, don't have the correct uh, libraries uh, uh, yeah, in, in them uh, to run Gcam. So it can be roughed as well. No, no, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm just more of the... Um, I guess what I was trying to kind of capture with the complexity, if it's not easy, I'm not saying it's just by copying an APK over from one phone to the other. Uh, it is going to have, obviously, there's a library, there's compatibility concerns, and it is going to also depend on the ROM that you're running. ROMs change the conversation entirely. Um, but in the sense of complexity, getting it to another Qualcomm device was uh, by far the the fastest you saw. Like a phone that comes out with with Qualcomm support, more than likely people were able to get Gcam running on it faster. When you're talking about custom ROM, that it's almost like a separate phone. So you do need to treat that separately. I'm with you. And I, and I think I got what you meant, uh, Greg. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Uh, Russ, coming back, Xperia 1, uh, the Xperia 1 Mark III Thanos Purple uh, is the one I will get. That's the one I'm trying to get. Uh, so hopefully once I get that, I'll hope you share that with you guys. Um, I saw the I saw the finish and it is nice uh, and that it is matte. So yeah, uh, big kudos for them going matte this year over uh, uh, fingerprint prone <laughs> glass. Nothing's wrong with it. It's just um, you might as well carry this, something like this, not, not the Ford one that I have like a chamois with you all day long uh, that's actually one thing on the on the me 11t i'm sorry on the xiaomi 11t pro um the the aesthetics on the device here you guys can kind of kind of see the aesthetics it's very nice there's that nice sheen that you see there and but unfortunately it's so much of a fingerprint magnet it is plastic i think somebody asked me it's not it's not glass yeah uh, but again, this is this is not intended to be a competitor to the Ultra. It's not intended to be a competitor to the uh, Mi 11 Pro. It's still going to give you a much better experience than the standard Mi 11 before. Uh, the Mi 11T would definitely be also kind of comparable to the 11 from before if you want to kind of go with the Qualcomm over a MediaTek. Uh, but the, this 11T Pro would be basically maybe a step down from the 11T 
uh, some of the 11 Pro, and then of course, a couple of steps down from the Ultra as well. So I, I really like what they're doing, but it's one of those things. Uh, I, um, I'll say this, the Thanos Purple in the US, kudos, very happy. They, they won me at that. Uh, last year, that was my biggest challenge. Uh, I really, really fought between trying to import a, a, a purple version from Europe or from China, from Japan, uh, but I was always worried about the uh, band support. As it, as it was last year, we didn't have 5G on, on Sony devices, so if there was a band issue, I would get HSP+, Plus, which would just hinder my experience on that. But I hope I hope we do get that. Uh, the Thanos one should be available more uh, more places. Um, anyone anyone here? Uh, the LG V50 uh, selfie camera can't focus uh, properly. If yours, uh, so I don't have the V50. I actually skipped the V50 entirely. I played around a little bit with uh, Juan's uh, V50. I think back when we did the challenge uh, last year or the year before. Um, but I think overall, uh, yeah, V60. I think for me is definitely not a, no issues there. Um, Richard, hey, Tarek, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm curious, what phone does the younger generation, um, like your son, use in 2021? Big phones, as always. Um, so I'll say this. Uh, when when I had all these models sitting on the table, so when I first got them, I, I got them with a whole bunch of cases. I took the cases, these models out, and I put them on the table, and I put them across the table. Um, my son picked up the initial one was the uh, the iPhone 11, uh, 13, the standard size, and then right away shifted over to wanting a bigger phone. I think... For the most part, younger generation now want to have the bigger phone. They want the bigger display. They want that tablet in the pocket kind of experience. We're getting the displays are getting bigger, bodies are getting thinner, uh, and what you're getting there essentially the screen to body ratio. They're they're getting the benefit of skipping all of the headaches that we had to go through uh, when we got. If you guys remember, the iPhone eight or the eight plus had a five point five inch display with a massive chin and forehead, and so it was like a ninety percent body. Not, not a, it was a lot of uh, you know real estate that were just not covered by display. So yeah, absolutely. The next the next generation is always going to be going for phones with bigger displays, uh, thinner bezels, and of course more horsepower. So uh, for my son, he loves uh, you know gaming, and so for him, it's always going to be a big display with the latest SoC to get the best processing. Um, although. I mean, it, it's a personal choice. Can that are the parents are going to give their kids those? It's a choice. Um, we still haven't reached that level yet with uh, with our son yet. If um, we're comfortable giving him a full smartphone, um, I'm trying to work with TCL and see if I can get the new Go Flip Two that they just released. Um, and I think that may end up being one uh, a good device to, for for my son to start with because it has some smart functionality, but it doesn't have a lot of it to basically just open up the world kind of thing. So we'll have to see. Nice to see you again, Richard. Hopefully, hope you're doing well. Uh, let me see here, Dominic. Oh, Hans. Uh, let me see here real quick. Um, oh, that's going to be a tough one. Okay, that, that's actually a very interesting question. So Hans has a very quite good question. Uh, it says, "TK, help me. Um, how can I convince my wife to return her Z Flip Three and get her on an Xperia Five Mark Two or Mark Three?" I'll start by saying this. It, I think the Z Flip appeals to a slightly different experience or demographic or different uh, user experience than what we typically like. The Xperia 5 Mark III absolutely hands down beats the Z Flip in many aspects, and not only from horsepower, performance, battery power, a whole bunch of different things, as well as the fact that it has a, uh, a much better, I think, overall, um, what's it called, UI elements, smoothness, uh, updates are going to be great, uh, again, and, and just overall performance. Uh, 
Um, what I would probably say is this. If the reason why your wife likes the Z Flip 3 is because of the flip functionality, like she likes the fact that it flips, she likes the fact that it has a smaller display on the outside to interact with it and kind of work with that form factor, it's almost going to be impossible to shift her over from there because there's a lot of things that are different between Sony and Samsung when it comes down to just bare minimum image processing. If she likes the images that come out of a Samsung, it's going to take some time for that for anybody to appreciate what Sony does because the color science between the two is very different. Samsung likes to push out a lot of, um, I would say, basically uh, saturated, very rich images that look very pretty much like you'd see them on Instagram, where they may not necessarily be true to life. Where Sony is focusing heavily on providing you the true to life experience, and if you do want to optimize it, you can edit some of that. Uh, I think the best thing to say, if you want to look at it from how would you convince a Z Flip 3 user to convert over to a, an Xperia 5 Mark III, um, is just the ability of what you can do with your cameras and what you're getting. Sony's camera system, absolutely hands down, much better. Uh, the 120 hertz uh, display on the 5 is definitely going to be enjoyable. Uh, you're getting, obviously, stereo speakers. You're getting a headphone jack in there. Uh, you're not going to get the, uh, the time of flight sensor, but you're not really going to miss it too much. You still have the lens elements, the two focal lengths. So just say this, honey, the Xperia 5 Mark III has four cameras on the back where your Z Flip has only two. If you love your cameras, you're going to love the phone. So I feel like that's the best way to uh, approach it. But if, it, if the flipping uh, part is the biggest appeal, it's going to be hard to compete with that. Right now, I think that's what's going on for the Z Flip 3. For me though, it's something that I could not stay with. Um, I'm going to try to push the video out on Monday talking about why and why I did return my Z Flip 3. Um, it was a challenge. It was a challenge for me, but like I can say this much, uh, or maybe even better, just tell her that the Z Flip 3 charges at 15 watts where the Z, uh, the 5 Mark 3 charges at 30. By definition, you're going to be able to charge up your phone much faster and it will last you much longer, especially with HS power control. Uh, but I, I hope that kind of made sense there. I Again, it, it depends on what she likes. It's hard. It's hard to kind of convince one person to, to switch unless they truly have something on that phone that they don't like. Um, and, and I think at the end of the day, you're the best situation is to to get the to get a phone that works for the person the way they want to use it. So if if the Flip 3 does that for her, then maybe that's the solution. And then you can be basically on Sony's side. And again, it's over time. Uh, once they start seeing some of the benefits, um, I can tell you that to a certain, at some point, I think I forgot, uh, but my wife didn't really like the Note series for the longest time. And then I think one year I upgraded her to the Note and she started using it. She loves the S Pen and she's been on the Note series for quite some time. And this is going to be the one year where my wife kind of carries her phone for an extra year because we don't have a Note. And she doesn't like uh, the S21 Ultra with an external pen. That was not a functional thing for her. She likes the S Pen to be housed inside. So we'll have to see. Um, uh, Praven, Praven Kumar is asking, uh, at TK, hope you're doing well. Um, do you see any innovation from Apple on the iPhone in the iPhones? Uh, Chinese and South Korean uh, giants uh, are really innovating uh, what I feel like there. So innovation is a it's an interesting approach, right? I think Apple stopped innovating in the sense of um, what we used to know Apple for, uh, for right? The invention or the, the, the they brought us the iPhone, they brought us the iPad. Those are innovations. Those are technology movements in the future. They brought us the Apple Watch. Uh, different approach, but it's still very much an innovation in their tech. But since those mediums have been have been present, 
The only last innovation that we saw was them going over to using ARM, like in the M series processors. So those are things that started to shift. But for the most part, it's a slight uh, needle move every year. We bring in slightly better, uh, slight, we make it slightly better, slightly faster, last year supposedly a little bit better. And every year we're supposed to be getting better battery life and the reality that just never happens. So um, I think Android, because of the diversity, because of the uh, the fact that we have multiple players and we have a lot more competition in that realm, yes, innovation is going to be king on the Android side. This is why when you were watching the, the you, you probably was, you have seen some tweets or you know so, uh, comments online about you know we've had this for years. I don't think it's nice to to just to take a jab at that because we all remember what Apple what Samsung did to Apple. You took the charger, but we have chargers in the box. And then six months later, they took the chargers out of the box. So it's it's a funny, um, it, it's it's easy to make fun of something, but at the end of the day, if you copy it, you become, you know, you you embody the joke that you were trying to make. Um, so what I would probably say is it's the competition that's the difference. Apple doesn't have competition within its own ecosystem. So they're not trying to compete with last year's phones. The only thing they have this year to do is to provide you a good experience on this form factor, this form factor, and of course, the other two form factors. So the 13 Pro and the 13 Pro Max. And for them, that's all they have to do. They don't need to compete. Uh, by definition, the new A-series, the, uh, the, the new A-series Bionic processor will do better. Uh, but it's not going to help. Uh, all they need to do basically is see what's being popular and then uh, incorporate it into their system. It, that's it's been basically their their recipe for for a few years now. So um, it's there's not enough competition for Apple. I think if Apple had, if somebody else was able to to use the Abionic processor uh, and provide hardware and experience with that, then it becomes more of a competition for Apple to try to shift and provide us more a better technology. But it's sad. The competition is, uh, yeah, uh, competition is obviously always going to be king of driving our, our, our ecosystems. Sorry. Uh, for some reason, I'm a little bit dry today. Uh, always got to remember. Hydrate. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it, man. Um, Davin Davis is, um, I, I agree. Uh, uh, it's best done if, uh, if Aditya has a spare. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so he's answering a question for Aditya in there. I did miss that one, I think. Uh, let me see. Uh, a lot of people in, uh, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Jimmy Fire Dragon's in there. Um, just like Samsung, sorry here, uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon, just like Samsung um, Mobile uh, is the US, um, it's just like Samsung Mobile, uh, the US tweeted out saying that they've been refreshing 120 hertz while. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a funny conversation uh, because a, a very easy tweet back at Samsung would have been, yeah, dude, but how long have you been doing them at the same rate, right? When How long have you been able to give us, you know, a 2K display at 120? Because I think Oppo and OnePlus could have easily been like, dude, we've been doing it longer. So, yeah, no, um, I think the reality of the matter is... Um, Apple is such a, a, a vacuum of, a, of an announcement. Like the, the day that Apple announces something, you unless you're talking Apple, you pretty much don't want to do anything online because everybody's going to be doing it. And then right now, all I see on, on Twitter is everybody posting their, um, their receipts or their confirmation that they ordered an iPhone. And I don't mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate you, you know, people wanting to get the iPhone and trying it out and so on. For me, out of everything that I saw on the announcement, the promotion was the most exciting part. The cameras, I already have great cameras on the 11 Pro Max. I don't have any problems with the 4K60 on the Pro Max if I want to shoot video. The fact that I've used uh, B-roll from, uh, from the iPhone 11 Pro Max a few times when I've done like uh, four, uh, sorry, uh, long exposure videos when I'm trying to shoot time lapses. 
So the short answer is, I just don't have a compelling reason to shift over to it. But everybody is going to try it out, and I'm, I'm hoping that it does provide a good experience. And I'm hoping that the first videos that we start seeing is not the "Oh my God, my battery's crap" because I'm running uh, my, you know, the iPhone won't last all day. It, it's it's like you're feeding into that that kind of conversation. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, I I appreciate it, uh, um, uh, Praveen Kumar. No, uh, yeah, I generally i try to like i said i go or uh, in order in comments so if i don't get to your comments typically very quickly just be patient and of course uh i, I absolutely golden golden levies i thank you very much uh that's why i said i like the broadcast then you and juan carlos of course yeah dude uh i i seriously uh hanging out with Carl with juan is is one of my like juan and, and even josh too but you know it's uh juan and i obviously as you guys know we've we've we hang out we talk all the time we have a show together and I'm actually very happy to see that the show is continuing. Uh, this is something that I think at the beginning we talked about for, for a long time before we actually pulled the trigger and we started it. Uh, but the best of our week, I feel like, is part of, partially a big part of what I like about Thursday nights for us. Um, and for the days that we're able to hang out, honestly, going to the park last week was great. Um, the challenge was a big part of it, but it was a lot more fun just to hang out with one and just to go out, kind of kick it, have some coffee, you know, just hang out like that. So definitely looking forward to doing some more like that. Um, yeah, I, I think I figured that one. I think you meant Samsung Mobile, uh, Jimmy. I know it, it came out it came out as a different name. Um, oh, here. So TK, rumor say, uh, rumor, the rumors say that the S8 series, so the Tab S8, this is the new series from Samsung, uh, would release it would be released alongside the S22, uh, and I have and I've been waiting since the uh, since the un since unpacked event, and hopefully some uh, some nice upgrades. Um, I still I'm, I use the i7 Plus, um, the Tab S7 Plus uh, as a I use it as my centers of uh, control in the office. And overall, I think it's a good tablet. I think it's, I'm hoping we'll start seeing some more optimizations, um, maybe a little bit better battery uh, consumption. I think my biggest issue with it is I have to charge it quite often I'll, for, for a tablet that I don't use as much for, you know, tablet, a tablet, e stuff. Uh, I feel like the battery doesn't last as long. So I'm hoping that, that, that will be one of their main focuses in there, or maybe increase the battery size. Uh, it's almost at the, oh, is it? Oh, dang. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Aditya, the man, the myth himself. Um, you know what? It is about that time of the show. Uh, it, you know, obviously if you guys are new to the channel, you haven't checked it out. Uh, we, this is part of the show where we talk, we get into the TKception. Uh, TKception is part of the show where we start putting into hashtags. You'll start seeing them in the comments as well. Uh, it was just basically hashtag TKception, TK Bay, something like that. And, um, and I love to basically always, uh, you know, showcase the showcase you on the, on the comment section as well. Uh, but it is also a very interesting visual effect that happened by coincidence a long time ago. And uh, that is something now is part of the show. And that's how we try to kind of bring transition the show into kind of like a closing port, part of it. Um, so with that being said, if you don't mind, please drop those uh, hashtag TKceptions in the chat. Um, and as that's going on, um, I'll go ahead and start kind of wrapping up how things are in the, uh, on the channel today. Um, uh, Geeky Nassim, man, ho, dude, hope you're doing well. Uh, nice. I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Geeky Nassim, great fan of the chat, the channel, um, and hope you're doing well and hope you're still enjoying, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the real me GT. Um, so just to kind of start kind of capturing things uh, overall, this week's been a very interesting week. 
um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with the audio performance improvement that we got with the Bear and Dynamic uh, earbuds that are now going to be available. So the series, just to kind of reference it, if you guys have not seen this yet, so the model number of the buds themselves, they are sold by Bear and Dynamic by themselves. They're not necessarily just the ones that come here, but is the MW08. Uh, that's the model number. You can see it there. The model that does support the 96 kilohertz, the higher end uh, Snapdragon sound is the I model. So it's the MW, MW08i model that gives that extra performance. The MW08 standard goes up to 2448, and these go to 2496. So much better. Um, and I've been testing it out with uh, Tidal as well as will, uh, with um, Amazon Music. And it seems like Amazon Music doesn't really utilize it for some reason. It doesn't kick it for the system, doesn't know that it's playing the music that it needs to go to that level. It still only recognizes at 48. And whenever I try to force it to 96, it defaults back. The title, for some reason, just jumps on its own and it goes, it goes all the way for us as well. Um, I'm starting to see some of the other ones there. Okay. So um, the other thing is so I pushed, I pushed out a video yesterday on the iPhone 13 series. I didn't really feel like there was a lot of other things I could cover on the iPhone series that I felt it would be very compelling to people. I don't have a lot of uh, iPhone users on uh, as part of the channel or part of the family here on the uh, on the XD8. Sorry, on this channel. Um, so I don't really feel like I and I learned that one quite quickly last year with the iPhone 12 series. I think I didn't end up keeping them because they just don't really work for us, and I don't use them. And I feel like that's kind of also the the, the relationship that we have. Um, so we'll have to see how that kind of goes uh, with, with those. Um, but as far as Xiaomi, I think they're knocking it out of the park. For 650 euros, uh, roughly about $700, you're able to get a very capable flagship spec charges from zero to 100%. If you guys haven't had a chance to check out that, uh, the, that short that I posted a couple of days ago, in 1950, 19 minutes and 55 seconds with the phone on from zero to 100%. And if you turn off the phone, you can charge it even faster for about 17 minutes. That is crazy fast. Um, I will say, though, that the battery does definitely, uh, the phone and the charger break do go about 105 degrees, uh, uh, sorry, Fahrenheit, uh, which is roughly about 42, 41 degrees uh, Celsius. It does get warm. But it doesn't stay warm too long. Like what we've seen in the past, we've seen phones warm up because they're charging fast, but then they're doing it for an hour at a time or an hour and 10 minutes at a time. This is done literally in less time than you think. And if most of the time you're going to be charging from like 20, 30% up to 100, it's going to take even less. So I wouldn't worry too much, but it is something you guys should be aware of. Um, so that was that was definitely one of my biggest thing. And I'm working now on uh, the little guy, the 11 Lite. Uh, and uh, this actually is surprisingly, uh, like seriously, this phone is so thin, like this is how thin you can, you can barely see it in the lens. And of course, if I shift it over, it is that thin of a phone. It's very, very nice. Um, very much follows what we saw la uh, last time. I think I reviewed the 4G model. This one is the 5G. So definitely very, very good. So let's go ahead and bring up the screen here. And sorry, I got to close a couple of other windows for some reason. It, this it has a lot of windows going on. And I'm going to say share the screen, and then we're going to go. Oh, sorry. Well, let's go ahead and start it up. Two, three, and go. Boom. Thank you very much for everybody for hanging out with us, checking out the chat, uh, and, and obviously submitting your questions and, and having a conversation with all of us here. Um, I want to say, of course, thank you very much to Ditya, everybody hanging out with us at Ditya, the man, the myth, uh, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel, uh, uh, of course. Thank you for being awesome. I appreciate it, man. TKception, TKR Bay, TK Super Saiyan Bay, always Ultra Instinct Man, Ultra Instinct Baby, Tesla Bay, 
Um, and I do have another video on Tesla coming up hopefully very soon, uh, traveling with my Tesla. I think I learned a lot uh, from doing that when I traveled uh, recently with the family. Uh, uh, Amar Namar, uh, thank you very much. TK Supertech, appreciate it. TKception TK, uh, and staying home. Appreciate that, man. Always, always appreciate you guys. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Chu, I, I'm totally with you. I want to see Samsung run with their GN1 sensor. They they released it, but they're not using it. So I want to see that on the S22 series. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, Russ, always thank you very much. TKception, TK Dimensity 1200 Ultra for the. This is literally. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm I am primed for the Ultra side of that chipset uh, for sure. Uh, Rinesh, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Thank you, uh, TKception, TK Alpha Bay. TK keep my trading bay. Uh, I didn't finish the bottle. I'm still going at it, but uh, I don't know if it's the. Um, I think the crystal light makes me might might make my uh, my mouth a little bit drier than usual. I think I should stick to water. Uh, of course, um, earbuds are. Oh yes, sorry, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I keep calling them bear. It is master and dynamic, not bear and dynamic. I mistake. Uh, it's a it's a different brand. Thank you, Aditya. Um, the, the weird part about them, by the way, Didia, is you would find no branding on this. And even on the box, it does not say their brand. There's nothing that says Bear and Dynamic. It just does not have that in there. Uh, I don't know why I keep going on that one on that side. Uh, so, Russ, thank you very much. Appreciate it as well. Rinesh, as always. Uh, thank you, Aditya. Davin Davis, of course. TKception, TK Beard Care. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, let me know what you guys think. I I kind of been doing this where I've shaved the side rail down to the beard to the goatee or to the beard here. I've been rocking it like this for maybe another week or so. Uh, I think what I'm going to do mostly though is once I rebuild this section, I want to build it at a little bit higher angle, so it kind of goes from the top in, so you kind of get a more of a, uh, a full full look here, and maybe keep it a little bit shorter on on the goatee. Still having that the dual tone color going, but maybe not as long. So we'll have to see. Play around a little bit and get it more uh, interesting. Uh, official Google Pixel. Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, thank you, Geeky. Uh, Geeky Nassim, uh, for, for letting me know. Um, I was um, lucky enough to be selected to be part of the Google Pixel Buds A series of Buds uh, promo video that uh, Team Pixel put out. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, check it out and you know just... Uh, the, the clips that you decided to use out of my video were very funny. Like they used the one where I did the, the side little kind of look there with the enjoyment with the buds. So very nice. Thank you. I forgot about that one. I can't, how did I forget that? Uh, and of course, um, Otaku, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, Aman Amar, thank you very much again. TKception, everybody, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Uh, man, I need so 100, 120 watts. It's crazy. Geeky Nassim. Um, Omar, thank you very much uh, for hanging out with us as well. Sorry, Hans, I'm having to read the, the comments on a separate screen. Hans in there, thank you very much. Uh, Tiki, hope to see you one day uh, at, at Belbo Park. Appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, man. Um, it is a very nice, very amazing park. Uh, not that not that far from where I live. Um, and I actually spent quite a bit of my time when in my childhood when I lived in the San Fernando area uh, at that park. So Juan and I always love going there. Jimmy Fire Dragon, thank you. Thank you very much. Dominic Wong, of course. Uh, everybody for hanging out. So with that being said, uh, let me go ahead and switch that over back. Uh, thank you very much for everybody. I hope you guys are doing great. I hope you guys have a great weekend. The rest of the weekend, I know this is, for me, a little bit the beginning of the week. Some people have already gone through most of Saturday by the time you guys uh, where you are. Um, I'll say this, that technology is there to help us do better. And it is there to help us or open the doors for us to do better with what we want to do. 
Um, Technology should not hinder us from doing things. And I think if it does, that's when we start looking for other solutions to help us do what we want. So um, if the the iPhone 13 series of devices uh, do improve experiences for gaming on Android, I feel like that's going to be a plus regardless. Uh, I'm a little bit skeptic at this point, but I'm hoping that this actually does start pushing uh, the technology and OEMs demanding more or better support from uh, from developers when they're developing things for for devices. and. Better audio, hearing health is always going to be the best solution. Uh, wireless audio is, again, we already know there's like a plethora of true wireless earbuds, uh, and very few have a very unique experience the way these earbuds do. Um, Xiaomi's knocking it out of the park. I hope they keep going at it. Uh, I don't think there's going to be that many more 11 series anymore. I think for the most part, we're probably good, I hope. I don't know. Xiaomi could do now. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have the, the light series has... There's the Light 4G, the Light 5G, the Light 5G and E. There's the 11, 11T, um, and then there's the 11 Pro, and then there is, um, what's it called, the 11 Ultra. Quite a few devices. Don't get me wrong. I love it, and I just want to keep seeing you know, uh, Xiaomi innovate. And the glasses that Xiaomi kind of teased, the concept, I really want them to become a true product. So... Uh, with that being said, I want to say thank you everybody for hanging out with us. Thanks to Greg, Aditya, Damon Davis, uh, Russ, Grounded Tech, man, Dan, hope you're doing well. Thank you very much for hang- for coming in and uh, kicking it with us. Uh, to uh, Rinesh, uh, Dominic Juan, again, Aditya, um, Omar in there, Russ, uh, Geeky Nassim, Jimmy Fire Dragon, um, uh, Aman Amar in there as well. Uh, and I think uh, there's a whole bunch of people. And of course, uh, Daniel as well. Thank you very much. Uh, and everybody for taking time of your week and Greg uh, for hanging out with us. I'll see you guys next week. Make sure to catch uh, some Gadget Guys SGGQA on Monday at 9 a.m. And of course, the best of our week next Thursday. And we'll circle back and close it up all again next Saturday on the best, well, on the Saturday morning with tech. I'll see you guys every next time. And one last time, thank you very much to all that tech for that massive super chat and hanging out with us today. I'll see you guys. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>